It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I've told you a number of times my fondness for teachers and the great care uh, that I that I and the great affection I have for them uh, for, for many many reasons. But first and foremost, because my own mother is a teacher, she went back to she went back to college when I was uh, in elementary school, and she got her master's degree and started teaching, and has had uh, since a, a wonderful wonderful career. And to see uh, her experience through this COVID era has been both inspiring and heartbreaking and, and frustrating. And so uh, when I hear about uh, teachers being prioritized, it certainly gets my attention. And there was some some news yesterday to come in that weekly press briefing that is typically hosted by uh, at least Governor Herbert and state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. This week, it also included uh, governor-elect and current lieutenant governor Spencer Cox and others with an announcement of sorts regarding teachers. Here is uh, what Spencer Cox had to say just yesterday. We're very excited for the opportunity to elevate teachers because we do know that the um, the impacts of this uh, pandemic aren't just on the health side. Um, they are related, uh, especially on the education side, and teachers who have done just remarkable work over the past year in adapting their plans, um, in doing everything they can to get kids back into school uh, to make sure that they are doing so safely and that we're protecting the lives of those teachers, uh, especially those who are vulnerable in, in being able to make sure that our kids are not falling behind. Joining me on the line to discuss this announcement at what it means for teachers and students throughout the state is Heidi Matthews, Utah Education Association president. Ms. Matthews, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So tell me how this announcement came to be. Well, it was uh, very much uh, welcomed uh, at, at the Utah Education Association. We have been, been advocating for this priority designation, of course, not above the, uh, the medical workers, but uh, for, for quite some time. And I really appreciate Governor Herbert for continually reaching out to us and, and including us on the, um, the COVID, uh, the vaccine coalition that, that really vetted a lot of the, the discussions about those priorities. And, and we, we were successful and, and supported in, in elevating the, um, our educators in our schools. And what does it mean for maybe some of your support? So if you think back a, a month ago, you were calling for the, the governor to uh, send all the students home, to, to put it pretty bluntly, uh, at-home learning for uh, secondary schools. Does this announcement change your position on that front, or does it change the timeline? So you know, our position from from the beginning uh, is that we, we missed tend to the health and well-being of our educators so that we can get back into face-to-face learning because we know that's the best for for all of our kids um, and what when we made the call for or the, the request for our schools to, to move into uh, remote learning it's, it was really the, the virus is um, 
continuing to, to spread at alarming rates, and our our educators are just at at, at too much uh, of, of a risk to be able to, you know, keep things going. And that 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 heart of the health and well-being of, of our um, our educators is still at the heart. And so, you know, we're just looking for for ways to. Um, Again, keep keep our, our students in school. One one thing I, w- I will note is that the some of the original, with the draft versions of the uh, the prioritization and the phases and the waves within that sure. um, referred to to teachers. And um, I think you know most people would say, oh yeah, all the adults in the schools are in some way of a, a, a teacher. But we really fought for some. Um, more inclusive language, particularly to use the word the word educator, um, because that includes our our very essential counselors and our, our our technology coaches and all of the adults in the school. And so the the wording change in the priority was was particularly welcomed and and celebrated in that it it didn't just um, signify uh, a priority for the the licensed teachers but all of the people who are working to keep our schools open for our students school school staff is what i see in the coronavirus.utah.gov website and as i heard uh, explanations of what makes up that group it included uh, all those who professionally operate within uh, a school and i I, I, that makes sense to me, and it makes sense especially after a realization I had earlier this week when we learned kind of more in depth about the the nature of healthcare workers who would be uh, you know first to receive some of these not simply the doctors and nurses and technicians but also a group which has uh, incredibly intimate contact with those suffering from COVID the ones who are cleaning the facilities themselves, the ones uh, that are cleaning doorknobs and handrails and uh, medical equipment. I am sure there is an analogous group of people in the school setting to uh, to fit inside this category. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's... Uh it's 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 a village. It's a, a, a many many layers that that go into effect to, um, again, get us to that ideal of um, having our our students in in face to face learning in in their well resourced classrooms. But tending to that, we, we we can't ignore the risk that we have been putting our our educators at. Um, and and this is such a welcome thing to be able to have that option of of a vaccination. So that we can get, you know, lay the foundation for getting getting closer and closer to to uh, um, our ideal back in the classroom. I know that the FDA has yet to even give its final stamp of approval on this uh, Pfizer vaccine. And so this may be getting ahead of ourselves here. But uh, how will the any sense of how the distribution of the vaccine will work for uh, for teachers once they become available? or I should say school staff and any discussions on how that will operate? You know that is going to be so interesting to see. I, if I have my my wish list here, is that we would elevate those educators who are in high risk categories, our our grandpas and grandmas, and our our older population, and and those who are already medically um, in a high risk situation. I would lay that as a as a a number one priority within that within that wave. Sure, and then the actual logistics of 
the you know the distribution of the vaccine will I presume happen similarly to uh, you know how healthcare workers or 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 others in those high priority categories might receive the vaccine. Yes, and that's something that's been really interesting too. As we we learn more about this, is the on the co- the vaccine coalition they were talking about the importance of really staggering how these vaccinations happen, so that you don't just want to go into an ER um, and and vaccinate everyone on the same day, because there are some oh, you know mild side effects in some people, much like what the flu vaccination is, and so you want to make sure that that's staggered, and so you know. When, probably be looking at things in schools to you know, not do the entire second grade or really look to uh, having um, those options uh, really concentrated on, 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 on days where there can be, you know, some, some respite following you know, like on a Friday or something. So I don't know how all the, the details will be worked out with that, but I know that the, that staggering is going to be important. And I know that um, elevating our, our most vulnerable and fragile among our, our educators and school staff is going to be important. Heidi Matthews, As Utah well. Education Association president. Thank you so much for the conversation here this afternoon. Uh, please enjoy the weekend. Thank you. So appreciate it. All right. Take care. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to continue this conversation, but we'll be looking next specifically at the Salt Lake City School District. My guest will be Melissa Ford, president of the Salt Lake School Board. The question I have for Melissa, there is a timeline laid out currently. Does this announcement, a timeline for a return to the classroom for young students, does this announcement change that timeline or have the potential to do so? We'll ask her next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 107 is the KSL News Time. We are continuing our conversation surrounding the prioritization of the distribution of the COVID 19 vaccine. Before we get on to the topic at hand, though, let me share with you some of the numbers which have just been released from the Utah Department of Health. Uh, 2,183 additional Qtons have come down with coronavirus. 26% is the rolling seven-day average for percent positive lab tests. Uh, I've been tracking that over the past few days, and it's it's very slight, but that percentage is improving. Now, 26 sounds like a, a massively high number, uh, but in fractions of a percentage, it has been coming down over the past little while. So whatever we're doing, uh, let's do more of that, all right, and accelerate this move in the right direction. Uh, an additional nine Utahns have lost their lives since yesterday, and there are currently 568 people hospitalized with COVID-19. We read those numbers as we at the same time look forward to the FDA's approval of the Pfizer candidate vaccine. There is some uh, talk in Washington right now about when that approval will come. I understand through the rumor mill that the president and the chief of staff of the White House are very insistent that that approval come at some point today. So we'll see that maybe today, maybe tomorrow. But as soon as that approval is signed off on, it will kick into gear some machinery and a distribution effort and a rollout effort unlike anything that we have seen in this nation before. And one of the overriding conversations that has been taking place throughout uh, the lead up to this FDA approval is the prioritization. Who will be first in line? Who will be first in line? 
we have, for the most part, I think, come to universally accept and agree that those uh, high-risk healthcare workers, those who are face-to-face with COVID, suffer- COVID patients, uh, ought to be on the receiving end of a vaccine, and those uh, in assisted living facilities and those aiding in their uh, care and all ought to be also on a prioritized list. Well, yesterday we heard during that press conference the weekly address by Governor Gary Herbert and Dr. Angela Dunn. Uh, This week it included Spencer Cox, who made the announcement that uh, teachers and school staff, more specifically, would be uh, in that highest priority group. And so to get a reaction to that, we've already spoken with Heidi Matthews, Utah Education Association president. I also wanted to be sure that we touch base with the uh, Salt Lake School board. Why? Well, because the Salt Lake City School District is the last remaining district in the state to be all online learning. Now, yes, they have a plan in place that I believe starts January 25th, where uh, the youngest of kids, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, will be uh, brought back into the classroom. Uh, Their behavior and the outcome there will be studied over a few weeks, and then there's a gradual return uh, through elementary school. Uh, No plan, to my knowledge, in place yet for middle and high schoolers. Does this announcement, does this reprioritization of school staff in terms of who's going to receive the vaccine potentially change that. Uh, On the line now, Melissa Ford, president of the Salt Lake School Board. Ms. Ford, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for making yourself available. Let me first and foremost ask you, as you learned of this news, either uh, behind the scenes earlier or as it was spoken by the lieutenant governor yesterday, how would you react knowing that school staff would be uh, pushed forward in line, so to speak? Oh, I was so thrilled to hear that our educators will be included in the first round. It's just good news in a time when it feels like good news is sometimes hard to come by. I think teachers are our frontline workers and that they I absolutely support this decision. They deserve that. I think it's especially meaningful to me as we as a school district are working toward, um, as you mentioned, bringing our elementary school students back to in-person learning. Um, I will admit to shedding a tear or two when I heard the news. It mm. um, it really um, is so meaningful to know that those teachers can be protected as they put themselves out there to educate students. Have you had opportunity to speak with any uh, teachers yet? Uh, have you heard some uh, you know some personal responses uh, to to this news? I think it's universally good news. Uh, talk to me about about the the return to the classroom plan. I understand that even with the move to you know move to a higher priority position, school staff there is a, a timeline uh, associated with the vaccine. It's a, it's a two part vaccine. Uh, either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine is a two parter. You get the first dose, and then uh, between twenty one and twenty eight days later, uh, you get a second dose. Plus, there's then maybe seven days or so where effectiveness has to really ramp up. D- do you predict that the the voted for and approved plan that the Salt Lake City School District has in place now will be impacted at all by this? Will things be accelerated? Will there be uh, you know more quickly brought together plans for uh, middle and high schoolers? I think that's a good question. This is very new information, and we haven't had a chance to meet and discuss as a board um, at this point. But we've said really from the very beginning that we want to be making decisions that are uh, based on science and data-driven. And the fact that we'll have a vaccine is a very important data point for us to look at. 
So um, we'll just continue to be looking at that. And, and I feel really hopeful that we'll be moving in a direction, as we've said, is our priority from the beginning to bring students back into the building as soon as we feel like it's safe to do that. Do you expect a, a reanalysis of the plan at present to be on uh, the, the agenda of the next board meeting? We've, we've uh, had the, this topic on our agenda at, at almost every board meeting. So, yeah, well, I'm sorry, in, in light of in, in light of the in light of the new prioritization position for school staff. I think it's something that will be part of the conversation. Absolutely. All right. Uh, any predictions, anything personally you'd like to see happen or are you OK with the plan at present? Well, like I said, I'd always like to see um, more opportunities for students uh, in a in a safe way. And if we can uh, uh, protect our teachers, then I'd absolutely love to see uh, COVID-19 in the rearview mirror and us to be moving forward without, without that being hanging, hanging over us yeah. anymore. 100%. Just that phrase, uh, seeing COVID-19 in our rearview mirror, uh, it, just that notion gives me chills and gets me excited. It's uh, <laughs> someday. It's going to be in the rearview. Yeah. Regardless of where you fall on any of these issues, there will come a day. And hopefully, thanks to this vaccine, it's coming sooner rather than later. It feels, it feels sooner, and that's a good thing. That, that that's light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Melissa Ford, president of the Salt Lake School Board, thank you so much for your time and service as a board member. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're going to take a, a quick break. And when we return, I want to talk to you a little bit about this, this question of prioritization. I yesterday was confronted with an interesting argument to include a new group into the highest of prioritized individuals, the incarcerated. What do you think about that? We'll discuss it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.